Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. I am Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefald. We are on the radio to talk about medical issues, and we had a lot of it. But we'll talk about yours, too. If you want to call up, 919-860-9783. If you're outside the Raleigh area, just remember, noon to 2 on Saturdays is when Dr. Weefald takes calls. How's your week going so far? Pardon? How's your week? Oh, it was great. I saw some really sick people. Yes. Got to make them better. Yeah. We have a whole plan. That's good. Yeah. And then the great thing, I've talked about this before, seeing all these people I've been taking care of for two decades. Wow. That's great. I've lost a lot that have been, you know, taken care of for two decades. But they lived, you know, a long, you know, they lived years with really bad heart disease. We can do a lot. To keep you going. And there are so many new medicines coming out sheesh, every day right. that have really revolutionized the way we treat diabetes, the way we treat heart failure, the way right. we the way we look at whether we give people medicines or go to the stents. Right. And, and I'm just, it's a good time to be alive in cardiology, except what's that? The paperwork. Uh, really? Oh, it's just terrible. Is it? Well, if you go to the doctor and you spend more than five minutes face-to-face, you are lucky. Right. Because they've got to run to the computer and type out their own notes. Okay. What is the kind of doctor that I would see for diabetes only? What kind uh, of, what's the specialty? Let me tell you. No, what is the specialty? Well, endocrinologists I, are good people. That's it. All right. Okay. So, so but I'm going to tell you this. What? Unless you have an endocrinologist who's kept up. And I'm talking about type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Type 1 is a whole different animal. Right. You only got type 2 if you got it during adulthood. It's related often to obesity. Right. You still got insulin. Right. But it don't work. Right. If you're type 1, you've got to take insulin to survive. And what we're learning now is if you're type 2, the more insulin you take, I think, it means that you're not eating right. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get heavy. And there's a lot of evidence now that it's not good for you in the long run compared to some of the newer medicines we have. I met with an endocrinologist this week, 20-minute visit. Did you spend face-to-face time? uh, Probably 15 minutes with the doctor and and another 15 with the nurse going over my medicines. And how about your diet? Yeah, oh yeah, that too. And absolutely no laptop in the room no tablet good they weren't typing is this an into older anything physician? he's experienced he knows what my he's age? doing my age 50s uh, no younger really yeah wow yeah this is this is good stuff wow did he Listen, recommend more insulin or less insulin uh less he's trying to get yes! completely off okay we're gonna give this guy a free shout out what was his name i'm not I, i'm not gonna say why not well in part because Everybody was wearing a mask, and they kept telling me the doctor's oh, name, and I couldn't understand this is, it. This is mask 
This is Doctor. It's Doctor whose name I forgot. Okay. That's all I know. Well, we're going to find out because I want to listen. Yeah. Seriously. Shout this guy out because he's practicing medicine the old fashioned way. That's right. And the new fashioned way. Yes. Right? So he's doing the, the service that we were taught in the 80s. Right. Face to face, eye contact, no distractions. And we didn't have laptop computers. Then. Right. And then he's practicing the new medicine, which is trying to get away from insulin and type 2 diabetics right. and onto the newer medications. And why? Because the newer medications reduce your risk of heart disease. Okay. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about MIT research saying that six feet away is probably the same as 60 feet away right? in terms of transmitting COVID. Our stack on COVID is far smaller. Than it used to be. Than it used to be. And it's far smaller than the other stack. I know. I have COVID fatigue. I just do. Just the and, subject. And I'm right. going to tell you right now. The people who got it right, one country got yeah. it right, and that's Great Britain. They got they it wrong in the beginning. Sure. But they got it right now. Well, as it is, if you're in Great Britain, you've either been vaccinated or you've been exposed. Right. You're, which is just a small island, a lot of people in a small area, and they're now to the point where they may be what? At they're herd, done with it. They're done with it. They're, they're at herd immunity. They're not. They, gonna, they don't call it herd immunity. No. They call it herd immunity. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to talk about the no-no diet also, but we're going to pick up with Tom in Raleigh. Welcome Tom. to the program, Tom. Glad to have you on the radio. Hey, I don't want to make a couple of comments. I've got a dog. Uh, she actually had pancreatitis, took her to NC State, turned out to be diabetic. She had cataract surgery because she went blind. And, uh, yes. Uh, they put her on Vetslin for dogs that didn't work, but my dog was the first dog at NC State to ever take Trajea human insulin, and it actually worked. Okay, so, so I, I want to translate for the doctors having a hard time following. Tom, you're telling me your dog is on insulin. Yes, sir. She okay. uh, She's on 12 units a day. She gets yeah. it once a day, Yeah. and she's the first dog at NC State to ever take Trajea human insulin, and it's working perfectly. Yeah, I'm not. I can't understand the word that precedes insulin. Yeah, what kind Tell of insulin? me again. Trageo. Uh, oh, Trujeo. Trujeo. Yeah. Trugeo. Okay. So okay. let's talk about that. That's a great. That's a great thing to talk about. Should I be on that? Well, there are diabetics who are going to. They're type one point fives. They're oh, that yeah. weird. Okay. That they're they have insulin yeah. in smaller amounts and it doesn't work. Yeah. Now let me talk about dogs. I don't. I'm not against insulin in dogs okay yeah number one it works yeah. number two it makes them feel healthy now what is trujeo so long-acting insulin when i started it was called lente because it had some gamish in it that absorbed the insulin and put it out for a longer time okay and then there was um uh, long-acting insulin called lantus Okay. Yes. It's a brand name. Ben and it, it is a long-acting insulin. But now they've got some really cool ones. Basaglar, okay, okay. and Trujeo. True, these are brand name long-acting insulins, and they work really well. And they're designed well because they are a chemical change to the insulin that makes it stay in the body longer. Now, there aren't a whole lot of studies comparing Trujeo to Basaglar to Lantus. But the bottom line is... 
they work better in terms of the length of time it stays in. So if you don't have diabetes, you have what's called a basal level of insulin. It's in your body. It's keeping the sugar low. Then when you eat those carbs, your, your pancreas, the islet cells, they make a slew of insulin all of a sudden. And so it's a big peak to keep that big sugar level low. And so with a doggy, they're mostly eating what? Meat. Meat. Yeah. And they're diabetic because whenever you have dog food, you get the uh, what are the fillers, right? Mm-hmm. Wheat. You know, they're supposed to say, don't eat dog food with wheat in it. So I'm really happy because the Trujillo works. And now that I know that there are doggies who are on Trujillo yeah. and it works, yeah. let's, let's celebrate. And I'm not saying that insulin is bad for every type 2 diabetic. There are some that are type 1.5s, and you use all the new medicines. They don't work completely, and you add a little insulin, and it works. Tom, is your dog still living? Is your dog doing all right? She's still living. Um, What kind of dog? I actually actually called and told him we put a Libre on her, like they use for humans, where it scans her. Yeah. every 24 hours, and that's where we got the 12 units at. But it's not FDA approved for dogs. No, but However, so what? Uh, it works for mine. So I'm, what I'm is it a big that. dog? No, no, no. She's, she's 12 pounds. She's a little chihuahua. Well, the Libre's probably covers her whole body. <laughs> no, yeah, the... yeah, pretty much. And listen, I want to make one, uh, one more comment yeah. to your viewers. I don't know if sure. you can do this or not in your practice. But if you take any high blood pressure medicine or any other medicines, if you type that in online, um, if you make a certain income, um, there are a lot of programs out there where you can get that medication free or yeah. you can get a savings card. And a lot of people don't know that, but it's out there and you can save yourself a lot of money. And uh, insulin for humans, there's one out there for humans. Uh, if if you have a low income, you can get it free for up to a year if people just do the research. Yeah, and and I, this is something we should have talked about more. I talk about GoodRx, yeah, which is I buy two medicines for Good from GoodRx because my insurance and I have great insurance. They wanted four hundred dollars for one medicine, and I got it on GoodRx. Guess what? Huh. For like twenty bucks. Good for you. Harris Teeter has the best GoodRx prices. But the other thing that is really big that we don't do enough, and that is Medicare has a special supplemental plan for low-income Medicare um, recipients. Mm-hmm. And you just have to ask your doctor, and I, I'll look it up in a break, sure. and what the program is called. Now, the other thing is all these major companies, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, they have patient assistance program. Right. And the problem is now they're all online. Uh, but you can ask your doctor for these special cards that will have an 800 number that right. you can call. And let me tell you, the income requirements are very um, relaxed. So I have patients who actually you know, have some extra spending money, and they still get their medicines for free. Right. So it works for dogs, too. I didn't know that. Tom, you actually... Had the Chihuahua with like the sensor hanging yes, off him. Um, wow! What it is? They put the sensor on her back. It lasts fourteen days. Yes, and um, we she doesn't try to units, and we got up to twelve, and that's where she's at now. But Tom, and you I just scan it. Tom, you just needed stuff. to get an estimate 
you don't permanently have that tag on. No, sir. No, sir. Yeah. That's only that, that. You can only use that for fourteen days. Right. Well, I tell you something. That's a great idea, but I can tell you right now, I have a Newfoundland, <laughs> and he's 179 pounds. He just had surgery. Yeah. He swallowed a tennis ball. Had to have emergency surgery. But anyway, if I put that thing on the Newfie, he would be trying to get it off yeah. every second. How did yeah. your dog keep it on? Well, um, actually, it came off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what school uses a super glue and i put it uh, oh my god there but yeah. i actually called wait a minute wait a minute you super glued the freestyle yeah. libre good to your you. dog good for you yes that's that, that's what nc state does they they put super glue and they put it on there yeah. and then you take care of him back they pop them pop it off and so what happened was over 14 days you learned that 12 units of trujillo <laughs> was the right dose yeah, well, I actually called Trujillo. I said, "Listen, I can make y'all millions of dollars. I got proof that I got proof that it works on my dog." I said, "I even got printouts and everything." And unfortunately, they said, "Well, we can't use it because it's not approved for animals." But uh, they really need to look at that because my dog was struggling with Vetsulin. That's the that's the insulin they use for dogs. And if I hadn't changed to Trujillo. She probably wouldn't have made it by now because her sugar levels were about 800. Woo. And now she's averaging about 250 to 350. Oh, that's so good for a dog. A lot better. Is it a sweet dog? <laughs> Do what? Wow. Is it a sweet dog? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, actually, she went blind overnight. And NC State did cataract surgery. Wow. So she's not wow. blind anymore. So I spent wow. a lot, look, I spent a lot of money, but she's all I got in my life. And uh, I do anything in the world for her. So. Yep. Tom, thank you. There's nothing like have a, a good day. Nothing like a dog. Nothing like a dog. And he, yeah. for those unaware of what he's going through with the dog, the sensor is a it's a little bit smaller than a standard checker, and it's got a little tiny wire coming out of it. But you do use a complicated system to put it on your arm, yeah. in the back of your arm, so that it doesn't wiggle off and you you forget it's there. But well, doesn't it have adhesive on it? It does. Yeah, yeah. there's a little yeah, sticker. Yeah, peel it off, right? And and there are some like add-on stickers that you can get. Yeah, you can wrap the whole thing over. What about some sweaty people? people? Doesn't no, it fall it, off sweaty it people? It doesn't come off. It doesn't come off. Oh, it come comes on. off when, occasionally when I walk through a narrow doorway and I catch it. <laughs> this is why you want to put it on the absolute Back of the arm. What about your armpit? Not the same. Put it in your armpit. No, it's not approved for that. It's approved <laughs> for the back of the arm. It says so on the box. Only approved Couldn't for the back of the arm. Couldn't you put it on your thigh if you had to? I could put it anywhere I want, but I want it to work properly. Yeah, how about the how about the rear end? No, I could, then I'd have to sit crooked. Well, you'd sit crooked anyway. I'm not anyway. going to do that. You should see this guy sitting. I, I think he's got hemorrhoids, okay? <laughs> Me? Oh, my God. All right, here's the deal. Uh, we're gonna. We're clearly we're off to a loose start uh, on the show, and we're gonna continue that. We're gonna talk about this MIT research: six feet or sixty feet. Does it matter with COVID? We'll talk about the no-no diet, and we're gonna play a game called "Can Dave Eat This?" Now, I'll bet you if I do this, fifty percent of people are gonna know what we're gonna test. Yeah. I have the container that contained the food that I'm going to ask about. Can Dave eat this? That's coming up on Heart Health Radio. 
on on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. I got a whole bunch of it. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's clickbait, right? Right. So if you click on these articles, I, I do you get a news feed on your phone? I, no, I turned I, it off. I have three. I yeah. have Flipboard, which is really good. You can design that for the stories you want. And yeah. you just, on your phone, you flip through. But they have all these stories that are definitely what I call clickbait because you click them yeah. and then the story comes up. It's very short. And then there are millions of ads. And now the yes. ads actually take over your screen. Yes, they do. And you have yes. five, ten seconds. You got to watch the ad. So these are clickbait stories. Okay. okay. And because and, they catch your eye and you think, oh, my gosh, if I do this, I'm never going to die. Right. You know? Go right. Ahead. All right. Evidence of human to cat coronavirus transmission identified by scientists. Yeah, right. Junk? Uh, come on now. Junk science. I mean, uh, do we have to worry about the cats? In the early part of this, remember the dog that caught COVID in, at UNC? Yeah. And so I'd walk down the street with my huge animal <laughs> and people would run. And I would say, no, 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 they're not going to bite you. And they say, that's not it. Now dogs have COVID. Oh, for Pete. So just forget about cats okay. and COVID. To protect your heart when stressed, scientists suggest eating or drinking these things. Things with um, flavonoids. Oh, come on. Or flavanols. Come on. Cocoa. Well, Cocoa, I mean, have, have Yoohoo. Have a Yoohoo. Do yeah. they make diet Yoohoo? Not no, I don't think so. I used to love that stuff. It is chocolate good stuff. a chocolate drink called YooHoo. But here's the thing. I ta- I have heart problems, so I take something called metropolol. Metropolol. What? Metropolol. What's that? It's a. You should know it. It's a. It's a medicine, very popular. Metropolol. No, 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 no. What is it called? Metoprolol. That's the one. Metropola. What okay. Is, ah, come on now. So for health, heart health, am I getting more benefit from that thing or from flavanols? Uh, from the metoprolol. And yeah. let me explain why. The big bugaboo is adrenaline, right? Yeah. So what is adrenaline? When you see the tiger and you think the tiger's going to bite you, your adrenal glands, in response to that visual signal, yeah. pour out adrenaline. And what, we all know it. Sweaty, the heart's boom, 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 yes. boom, boom. Yes. And if you took your blood pressure, it would be very high. There are actually tumors that produce a, uh, adrenaline. Those are called pheochromocytomas. Yeah. What does metoprolol do? I have no it idea. It blunts the effect of adrenaline. So your heart will be stressed out by adrenaline. It'll start... Raising the heart rate. It'll raise the amount that your heart pumps, the strength of your... And think about it. you got to run from the tiger. That's what I always say. Okay. Metoprolol is going to protect your heart from stress. It'll get your blood pressure down. It'll keep your heart rate regular. And it'll prevent your heart from being overtaxed and pumping too hard. So, definitely. I should not skip I that. I take a beta blocker. I should not skip that yeah. thing. So, those are called beta blockers. Well, now here I've got something from Women's World. It says sipping this herbal tea will help lower blood pressure, balance gut health, which I want. Yeah. I want my butt, my, no, it's gut. Sorry. Gut Gut health. It's not butt health. Gut health (laughs) and ward off dementia. I hate dementia and I want to ward it off. They say drink green mountain tea. Green mountain tea. 
And I bet you that's that's sponsored by a Green Mountain Tea Company. Now, green tea, eh, if you like the taste, uh, and it it may help you. But remember, tea has caffeine too. Sure. So if if you are sensitive to caffeine, you have atrial fibrillation or some you know premature contractions in your heart pounds. The green tea is going to make it do the same thing as a as a cup of regular tea, okay? Because it's got caffeine in it. All right. Talking about caffeine, this is another article. It says research has found a link between this popular beverage and heart failure. If you drink this every day, your heart could be in danger. Well, it it turns out they're basing this on a study where some knucklehead, twenty one year old, drank four of these energy drinks. Yeah, okay. Let me let me. T- it's all about years. it's all about caffeine every okay. day. It's all about caffeine. Yeah. So, a small cup of coffee used to cost you a nickel, right? This is back <laughs> in the thirties. Sixty milligrams of caffeine, so yeah. not much. Starbucks, Lente, or is it, no, what's the Grande, Super Grande, Yeah. Uh, lattes. I just tell them large. If he can't figure yeah. it out, I'm not, I'm not taking it. How much it. caffeine? Tell me. I don't know. 260 milligrams. Okay. That's a lot. Is it? Okay, so if you drank four gargantuan lattes a day yeah. from Starbucks, yeah. you do the same thing this guy did. Yeah, okay. it'd be a bad and, thing. Uh, it dep- they don't name the energy drink. Monster is just that. Yeah. 300 grams of caffeine, milligrams of caffeine. Pshew. Now, I, I'm going to tell you right now, energy drinks are not bad for you, but okay. you just can't have a bunch. Sure. It's like anything else. So it, uh, I drink a one five-hour energy, extra strength, which has 200 milligrams of caffeine. I do that twice a day. And that's, that's fine. That's, so that's two like cups a, of coffee. That's like a cup of coffee or two. Well, it's like a large cup of coffee. Sure. And I know people who who drink coffee on seven, seven, eight cups of coffee a day. That's a lot. Now, here's the thing that's ridiculous okay. about this study. Yeah. Is that you have a tolerance. You develop tolerance for caffeine. Sure. So that guy had heart failure because he got a cardiomyopathy, probably from a virus. Yeah. And it's not related to his energy drink okay, consumption. Good. We're going to talk about, and I, I, uh, I hesitate to say the word, something called crap. Crap. Food. <laughs> it is a, fo- uh, is a way to eat. And apparently it's not a good way to eat. And that's not one of the seven words you can't say on the radio. No, we can say crap that. Crap is a good word. All right. We're going to talk about that coming up next. Also talk to Art in Raleigh. This is Heart Health Radio. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. And Rose Hoban of NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org joins us. Hi, Rose. How you doing? Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Good, 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 good. How are we doing COVID-wise? We're doing pretty well. Um, the, now, there's still probably too many people in the hospital. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, you know, it's it's 11 more than 1100 people. It's that number has been ticking up pretty steadily. Yeah, it went up a little bit, the, huh? Just sort of creeping up. Yeah. Yeah. Over the past month, uh, month and a half, it's just creeping up. Um, the the people who are in the hospital are now younger. Um, there fewer of them are in the ICU. They're only about 24 percent of them you know, are in the ICU, nonetheless, they're, they're in the ICU. Right. The, the, the 
fewer of them are dying, and that's because it's younger people. But, but, but you know, the, one of the big concerns is that there's this phenomenon of long COVID, which I'm sure you may be starting to hear about, Dr. Weefault, that folks have these symptoms that just last and last and last. Dr. Weefault had a patient who was testing positive for COVID for eight weeks. Eight weeks. Wow. Eight Uh weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they still don't know if he's transmissible. They haven't studied that. So I I didn't know. But I I wouldn't let him in my office for eight weeks. Right. And then, but what's really interesting is these folks who have these strange uh, symptoms of long COVID, you know, either brain yeah. fog or like no energy or just persistent shortness of breath. You know what's helping something like 45% of them hmm. do better is getting a vaccine. Yeah. I was about to tell you that. That's really fantastic news. I think it it's is, because. It's interesting. Yeah. I think it's because they're auto, they think it's an autoantibody that yeah. in some individuals with long COVID. They, they react this it's an antibody against the spike protein that also mm-hmm. interacts. It's got a cross-reactivity against your own tissue. So the concept is you get the vaccine, you right. produce a bunch of spike protein, and it yeah. sops up the antibody and gets it eliminated. Oh. In, in That's the, how they think it works. In the middle of you being sick. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Hey, Rose, I got a question yeah. for you. Sure. We're uh, we're going to be talking about a special. Can I spring it on this or no? I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. This. Go ahead. Have you ever had spam? <laughs> spam? You mean like the stuff you eat? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so back in my we got a bet here. I, we got a bet. I was I, I was a volunteer out in, on an island in the Pacific. I taught it at, at a school out there. Yeah. As a Volunteer. And with a Catholic organization, and spam was the thing. And you oh, ate yeah, it. it's a I big thing. It. It's a big thing in Polynesia. Yeah, and Micronesia, which is where Micronesia, I was. Right. Pacific Islands, Hawaii. It's a big thing. Right. But you've never eaten it again. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> come on. You it, I, see, I think of you. You're probably this health foodie person, right? <laughs> You know, like sometimes someone offers you something and you can't say no. So, um, in <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> well, yeah, but in 2001, I worked in Alaska at the Anchorage Daily News, and um, I uh, it was you know a, a long summer internship, and I rented a room from one of their copy editors, and he he loved spam. <laughs> he had he saved his spam cans. And stacked them up in the living room. He was an odd dad. <laughs> and uh, so one day he's frying up some spam, and he was like, "You." He was like, "Oh, you ever eaten spam?" I was like, "Sure, I've eaten spam." And so then he said, uh, "Well, how about some now?" And I was like, uh, "Okay, uh, sure, I'll have some." <laughs> That's amazing. I I had a bet that you would be the one person I knew that never had had spam. You know, there is no one who's never had had spam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, I bet there are. I bet there are people who've never had spam. My wife and has I never thought had you spam. were going to be one. Like forty. Right? My wife has never had spam. You know why? Because spam sometimes comes with extra gel on it, and Ooh. she sees it and she runs. Ooh. It is Ooh. just not yeah. good. All right, Ooh. Rose, we got to go. But you, you, I want it. I want everybody to read the article 
on the website about COVID-19 vaccine. You can get it to the dentist's office. You can get Are you great, kidding? Yes, you can get yeah, yeah. great information on health from North Carolina Health News. One of the best org. health websites I've ever seen. Thank you, Rose. Oh, well, thank you, fellas. We'll All talk right. soon. All right, All right, bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You know this what she's going to do health. right now? What? She's going to go out and have a Spam sandwich. Spam, there's nothing nothing worse <laughs> than a Spam sandwich. I'm sorry. There's nothing better than a Spam sandwich. Art in Raleigh, thank you for waiting through that silliness. How can we help that you? That wasn't silly. Uh, I got two different questions for you, Dr. Weefolk. Fire away. The first one is I'm seriously considering telling my doctor that I want to stop my niacin. Uh, last time I asked her gen- generically if, if I could stop some medicine, she didn't say I sh- she could. But as I read about niacin, it's supposed to help your your HDL and your LDL. Right. And both of those are fine, the HDL for many years. The LDL came about seven or eight years ago when I started exercising. So um, The question is whether you can stop your statin. Is that what it is? Stop, yeah, stop no. the... Uh, niacin. 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 Yeah, get rid of the niacin. Just, well, okay. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm going to get in trouble here. Yeah. But I will say this. Uh, when I've had patients who've been on niacin... I say stop. And the reason it doesn't help, um, the, there were some original studies. They used cholesterol and niacin for hypercholesterolemia. That's before we had statins. The, the idea of raising your HDL with niacin is really fallen by the wayside. They've done studies. And the latest study, which was a randomized trial, there was a higher incidence of heart disease complications in people who took niacin. Mm-hmm. Now, Niacin can make you sick as all get out. It gives me hot flashes. It doesn't, but it definitely gives me hot flashes every third or fourth time. You know, yeah. get hot flashes. Hot face. flush, yeah. And you turn red as a beet. Yeah. And then we used to say, all right, take, we used to do this. We used to give niacin because it raises, quote unquote, hot HDL. And, and, you know, take an aspirin to prevent the flushing and everything else. So what I would say in this situation is that I tell all of my patients to stop their niacin. Now, I don't know the single, I guess if you're niacin deficient, you know, I don't know, there might be some niacin, yeah. so I don't know. But call up your doctor or go see him or her. Yeah, I'm gonna be seeing her this week. And say, I'm getting rid of this stuff, what do you think? It doesn't help, it just doesn't help. Is this and over the hurt. counter? Is this over the counter? It, yeah, and the worst, oh, the over-the-counter niacin is, is quick release? Yeah. Oh my God! You take 500 milligrams of that, yeah, and you're going to be, you know, taking a cold shower. I mean, you take cold showers all the time, yeah, I do. but you get the niacin, and you're going to want one. Art, you had a second yeah, one question. Quick question. Yeah. This is from my wife. Is there any medical reason why people can't try clothes on in a, you know, in a, in a uh, store? Go in the go in the changing room and try clothes on. Tell me again. Art, are you asking about a specific medicine? Any any reason, any medical reason why they don't let people go in to 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 try on clothes into the uh, different. Really, you're going into some store and they won't let you try on clothes. Everyone we've been in, yeah. I let think me tell you a why. COVID. No, thing. let me tell you why. What is it? Okay, skin is yeah. dirty, even really? if you shower. Yeah. I mean, uh, and so there are people who are carriers of really nasty bacteria. Really? Oh, yeah. And so um, staph aureus, methicillin-resistant, 
Yeah. Fungi or funguses, as, yeah. as my friends would say, yeah. you got a funguses. Yeah. Um, other nasty organisms, and let me tell you the worst: bed bugs. Yeah. Head lice. I mean, you're not going to want to, you know, get this stuff. Yeah. And so let me tell you, I don't try on clothes uh, in places uh, that have been tried on before. Um, And I'm not much of a germaphobe, but, you know, I'm worried about getting MRSA, methicillin-resistant staph aureus. Yeah. I'm worried about it. Because, um, number one, it's you have to take two, sometimes three antibiotics to get rid of it. And so I, I'm not sure that there are studies of transmission of skin um, uh, bacteria by trying on other people's clothes. But, you know, that's why you can't return things if you've worn them. I, because I didn't mattresses, you can't return a mattress. Yeah, that's right. Or if you do, you know what they do to the mattress? I don't know. They destroy it. Okay. Yeah. I, a lot of stores do let you did let you return stuff before. Yeah. Art, I don't know what to say other than you got to find one store and you got to know what size you are. And ask and, them if somebody try else anything. has tried this on. Well, no, you don't try anything on. You just know yeah. that uh, I'm a 2XL. That's Art, that's my situation. I'm a 2XL at Walmart. Yeah. And I know that everything at Two XL in Walmart. I'm happy because I used to be a three XL. Because of what? Hold on. A right. Yeah. All right. Because well, my wife is doesn't like to buy clothes and take them home and try them on and bring them back. Right. Yeah. So she and uh, so she has always tried on stuff before she bought it. Now she yeah. can't do it. No, can't yeah. do it. So All right. The plan B, which is buy clothes, return them, and it's not as efficient. Yep. Have a big bonfire of all the clothes you didn't wear. Art, thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. You take take care. care. Good to hear from you then. Bye. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. All right. So we're going to play Can Dave Eat This? I'm going to hand you the can. I got the can. People know that at this point, this is a can that used to contain standard issue spam. Uh, It's just a great can. It's that rectangular curved. yeah. 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 And... My question is, as a fellow with my background, high blood pressure, you know, heart disease, do you think I can eat this? Uh, yeah, in small amounts because of the sodium, okay? Okay. 770, uh, you, you told me this earlier, I thought it was the whole can. Yeah, no. But one slice, which is one-sixth, yeah. I mean, who's going to eat that little spam? If you're going to eat it, you're going to eat it. Yeah. But 770 milligrams of sodium. So you, with... You know, your history of high blood pressure, you want about 2,500 milligrams to 3,000 milligrams. Okay. So that's a pretty big chunk of your daily limit. I think we did the math on this. If I can take a can of Spam, get the meat out of it, and cut it into six pieces, I'm allowed three pieces as the maximum amount of sodium. sodium. Yeah, you got to drink water the rest of the day. That's okay. it. Why you is know? there so much sodium in yeah, there? Yeah, but that's the only thing. Now, remember, not everybody out there has a sodium-restricted diet. Right. You know, if you don't have high blood pressure, there's some controversy as to whether excess sodium will make you have high blood pressure. But I've got a lot of patients now. In fact, there's a sort of an outbreak of low blood pressure people. Right. Especially when they stand up. 
So that's called orthostatic hypotension. Yeah. What that means, orthostatic, means when you stand up, your blood pressure falls. Okay. So the main uh, um, medical uh, thing for this is high-sodium diets. So okay. if you have that, eat some Spam. Now, never do anything in you know, just ex- excess. Because right. if, look, suppose you're Jewish and you follow, um, you know, the kosher. You can't eat this. It's ham and pork. Right. Okay? If right. you're Muslim, you can't eat this. It's ham and pork. Yeah. The the thing that's good about it yeah. is that it's very low in simple carbohydrates. It has a little bit of added sugar. Um, it has no <laughs> dietary fiber. So, yeah. you know, the only way you're going to have a bowel movement on Spam is if you if the fat, you know, a lot of people eat fat and they have the runs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's got a lot of fat. It's got 16 grams, which is 21% of what you should have. Yeah. Um, it's got no trans fat. Now, you remember no. trans fat is the big bugaboo that people are talking about. I'm not sure. I believe it. Um, but it's got none. And it's got a lot of protein, seven grams. Oh, sure. Protein. Yeah, that's good. So I guess what I would say is yes, if you have a slice. A slice of spam. A slice of spam, you know. That's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. It's not worth opening the can. I could eat this whole can. I have. That's why you've got an empty can in front of you. I've I've been reading about the history of spam, but there's one thing I want to tell you. In Hawaii, (laughs) they have spam sushi. (laughs) I'm looking at it on the on the thing here. It looks pretty good. They fry it up in, I guess, soy sauce or something. And what do they call it? Spam masubi. Okay, cook spam, placed atop the rice, and wrapped in a band of, I guess, seaweed. It looks pretty good. I mean, you know, I'm going to huh? see, next time I go to a Japanese restaurant, I'm going to say, I want I'm gonna ask you. masubi. Yeah, and they're going to say, what do you want it made of? And yeah. I'm going to say spam. You want Okay, good. This is very good. This is Heart Health Radio. You want to join in on the show, just call this number. Between noon and 2 on a Saturday, 919-860-9783 on the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up. We shout out people who are significant or done something great. And today it's Sharon Fitzgerald. Sharon Fitzgerald, if you're listening, I want you to do one thing this afternoon. What's that? Let's throw another spam on the Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) She's from Australia. She is from Tweed's Head, which is near Brisbane. And, you know, I I apologize. I just saw her comment on our website. And she listens to our show. Uh, in in Tweet's head. That's great. Uh, while she's driving to work. Isn't that awesome? Thank and you, And you sure. know, if you're in China right now, call us. Sure. What, yeah, call us. I mean, it's country code is one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, 919-860-9783. It'll be long distance yeah. if you're from China. Well, but, but that's all right. No, you can use uh, internet calling. Oh, you, you can? You can call free all over the world now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Dot in Moncure in Chatham County. How you doing, Dot? Oh, good. I can't complain. Speak right up and tell us what's going on. Well, I had a lifeline screening in 2019. The right side of my neck, the vein, had mild plaque in it. Okay. But my doctors won't look at the paper, the pulmonary or the other doctor. 
Uh-huh. And um, and they'll look in my ear because I'm going to hurt and worse down in my ear. And then it goes up to the top of my head. And the last couple of months, it started down into my forehead and into my right temple. And down my forehead, there's a little blue streak like a vein. Huh. Sometimes I have to take two or three Tylenols, and nobody will tell me who to check it. They just look at my ear and don't see no wax, and they think I'm fine, but I yeah. hurt. Well, let me. that's a very good question. So lifeline screening. Um, a lot of my patients, their churches, um, they sign up for this. And what did you pay, about 150 bucks? And well, mine was a little less. Yeah. And so then they, they take the ultrasound yeah. probe and put yeah. it on your neck. Yeah. And then they do it on your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, to see how strong your heart is. They take an EKG, and then they take your cholesterol and tell you your LDL, your HDL. I think it's actually a pretty good idea. Well, here's the thing. People people talk about veins and arteries, okay? They're two different things. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. what they're actually looking at, Dot, is the artery called the carotid. Yeah, that's, that's what we're Yeah, so the <laughs> arteries take red blood from the heart and swoosh it into your cells so that mm-hmm. it gets oxygen and nutrients. Mm-hmm. The veins actually bring the blood, once it's been, um, t- uh, all the oxygen has been taken out, they bring it back to the heart. So what they found was a tiny amount or a small amount of cholesterol in the artery to your brain called the mm-hmm. carotid artery. Now, here's the thing. When you have a blockage in your leg, it can hurt, right? Yeah. Your muscles not getting enough blood flow, mm-hmm. and it hurts. You have one in your heart, and the heart's not getting enough blood flow. You feel tightness, heaviness, discomfort. Sure. The blockages in the neck don't cause pain. So the brain is painless. Right. It's interesting. If you've ever seen brain surgery, do you know most of them are awake? And the reason is... Doctors or the patient? That, well, the doctors are awake. I have, the residents, Just asking. The residents, when I was there, I fell asleep at the OR. Oh, in my the gosh. OR because right. I've been up all night. All right. But, no, the thing the that hurts... The patient is awake. Awake. But, and well, they, feels no pain Right. So in what the they brain. do is they put him to sleep because the scalp will hurt. When sure, they cut yeah, yeah, yeah. The bone of the skull will hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then once they get that open, they wake you up. And the reason why is... When they're cutting out a brain tumor, they'll probe around it, and they'll say, do you remember high school? Right. <laughs> you know, oh, wait a minute now. What's the name of my fifth grade teacher? And oh they take gosh. the thing. Oh, Mrs. Nordahl. Anyway, so when you ha- – and this is the thing I think that doctors don't explain, is that the blockages in the neck, the carotid artery, they won't produce pain anywhere in your body. They right. won't produce pain in your ear. Well, they won't they produce pain in your that. neck or your head. So <laughs> – You've got another reason for having that. And whatever your discomfort is in in your head, in your ear, whatever, it's real. And you need to find a doctor who's going to find it out. Because it could be, and I think the most common cause of pain in the in the facial region and the neck is a pinched nerve um, with the the nerves coming out of the neck. Uh-huh. So the most important thing. Well, I have thing, a thyroid disease and I have yeah. growth on that. Would that yeah. cause anything? Uh, yeah, because, because my cholesterol was good the last two times yeah, I've yeah. had it tricked. It had been high. What you might want to do, how long ago was this life scan thing? 2019, three okay. years. If I you had a little bit of a plaque, you might want some time to get another scan and see if that it's grown. Great. Because those plaques can cause clots that cause strokes. All right. Thank you, Dot. Mary in Durham, you are on Heart Health Radio. Yeah. Hi. 
um, a recent uh, one of your programs, uh, Doctor, you said that you don't need to drink eight glasses of water if you have kidney disease. How many is uh, good? That okay. That there, that's a really good thing. If you have kidney disease bad enough to yes. be on dialysis, yeah, you really need to watch your fluid intake because your kidneys will not excrete the water, and so you could really quickly build up. And when you have dialysis, they do two things: they clean the blood, they yeah. take out the poisons, but they also can take out a certain amount of water. And so that becomes a problem. Now, suppose you have mild kidney disease. Well, talk to your doctor because if you still make enough urine and you have mild kidney disease, then I think drinking water is good. Now, the gray area is Mm -hmm. when you have moderate to moderately severe kidney disease. It all depends on your kidney's ability to make urine. Okay, so... Talk to your doctor about this because it's important. Water is real good for you. Having water in your system will, quote, unquote, flush out some of the poisons by inducing urine. And so the answer is if you're on dialysis, be very careful how much water you drink. If your kidneys are normal, I think eight, eight glasses of water a day is actually a good thing. It helps clean out your body. It keeps your blood pressure up, et cetera, et cetera, because... Um, it's really good. If you have moderate kidney disease, that's a situation where your doctor will tell you, yeah, three, four glasses of water a day because you don't produce as much urine as you should. Mm -hmm. Uh, People think that the more water you drink, the more urine you'll make. And that is true if you don't have kidney disease. And if you have mild or moderate kidney disease, you may produce as much urine as anybody else. It's just your kidneys don't clean out the poisons as well. Now, I had a situation where a couple of months ago, my doctor put me on Plavix yeah. because my ankles were thick. Oh, Lasix. You Lasix, mean. that's it. Different medicine. Okay, Lasix. Lasix, uh, the I've generic I've been on name, everything. Yeah, I... it's ferrosamide. Okay. okay. Why, did, why was that? Okay, I don't know. Uh, okay. You have a strong heart, right? When you went to surgery, they said your heart muscle function right. was normal. Right. So. How about your kidneys? Did they give you a number on your creatinine? They didn't give me a number, but they were concerned about it. Okay. So what can happen? Swelling in the legs, it's very important to know it's not always heart failure. Okay. Okay. It can be that your veins are a little congested. They're not letting the blood flow back. Okay. In certain situations and certain types of kidney disease, you can have swelling in the legs because you're holding on to too much sodium. Okay. Are you still on Lasix? No, no. I'm good. Oh, good. I'm done with that. You know what it could have been? Yeah. Could have been with those blockages, you had intermittent weak, weakness of the heart. Okay. Okay. So it I thought it been. was I thought it was water retention. Yeah. Well that right. yeah, but see, you don't retain water right. unless you've got bad kidneys, a bad heart, right. a bad liver, or bad veins. All right. This is Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefold. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. We are on for two hours to tell you about health stuff. Dr. Yeah. Franklin Weefold here. Um, we are going to talk about 
the J&J vaccine. we yeah. got to talk about it. Um, they pulled it. They paused it. Yeah. They discontinued it. Yeah. And then... They brought it back. They brought it back? Yeah. It's back now. It's fully uh, emergently approved. Please tell me anybody who's going to get that shot. I would get it. I would get it too. Yeah, but see, but it's they've got ruined a bad the brand. They've ruined the yeah. brand. And it, it was the popular one because it was the single shot. Right. You know, it had been studied as a single shot. And the problem was the one in a million, that's what it turned out to be. Right. One in a million people develop clots. Now, unfortunately, out of these one in a million people, maybe three or four died of clots. Yes. And the reason is probably the development of an autoantibody. So you develop the antibody against the spike protein that is in the J&J vaccine. Now, what's the difference between the, and then that antibody cross-reacts with your clotting system? Very rare. Um, the J&J vaccine is different from Moderna and Pfizer. Moderna and Pfizer are little globs of fat with inside a chemical called messenger RNA, yeah. which is the blueprint for the spike protein. So you're putting in this stuff, and the M- messenger RNA gets in your cells. It hijacks your cells, um, not genetic material, but the proteins that produce from genetic material, the spike protein. And it creates the spike protein. You create an antibody. Now, J&J is an adenovirus. It's from chimpanzees. It, the adenovirus doesn't infect humans. It only infects chimpanzees. Right. And they've got the genetic material spliced in to the genetic material of the chimpanzee virus. So it's different. Yeah. And they think that it might be the adenovirus that does it. It might be the particular way the spike protein is produced. But it's only one in a million. So that, that literally more than six million people had the shot, right? And about six, six. people, right, got sick. Yeah, and so I'm gonna tell you, those are those are pretty good odds um, in terms of the risk benefit analysis right. of getting the J and J. So if you want the J and J because it's a single vaccine, uh, it's a single shot. That's how it's approved. Go ahead and get it. Yeah, um, don't be afraid. Um, I'm running into a lot of um, anti-vaxxers or specifically anti-COVID vaxxers in my practice. And luckily, when I sit down and explain things to them, I would say nine out of 10, go ahead and get it. No, right. the nine out of 10 who weren't going to get it, go ahead and get it. So I'm going to make my spiel right now. Please. The spiel is don't listen to the Facebook crowd. Don't listen to Bobby Kennedy Jr. Don't listen to all these people. They're wrong. Right. Any vaccine can have a side effect, just like anything you put in your body. Okay. I mean, what if what if oh, yeah, I had somebody who ate a peanut and he died? You shouldn't eat peanuts. No, you shouldn't eat peanuts if you have a peanut allergy. Okay. Right. And when you look at the risks and benefits of COVID vaccines, they far the the benefit far outweighs the risk. And let me tell you, if you're elderly. Above the age of 65, elderly is 90 in my pew. But if you're over the age of 65, you're more at risk. And the nice thing about the vaccine is it doesn't 100% prevent you from getting COVID. But it's a very low risk. It's about you know 5% uh, chance out of the previous 100% chance of getting it. Yeah. But you're going to get a more mild 
uh, illness, right. and you're going to have a much, much lower risk of dying. And so, you know, you have a sore arm. You may have a low-grade fever after the second dose of Pfizer or Moderna. But it's really good, and it's really safe. And they've got a lot of, of really good data that proves it's safe. I recommend everybody to go out there and first talk to your doctor and say, is it safe for me to have? Right. Uh, i got to say that for the medical board. But if you're contemplating not getting the vaccine, get it. And you get it. Always- and anyone, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, there's a new one coming out. Um, there's several ones that are going to come out. And I think you all should just get one. All right. On this subject, MIT has done some research. Yeah on safe distances you know this whole social yeah um distancing i i'm socially distancing from people i and think I'm, we're about 4.5 feet apart and i'm emotionally distancing from a lot of people also <laughs> which is safer for me yeah right but but mit researchers said you know who came up with the six foot yeah rule? i don't know where that came from i think they they did some studies where somebody sneezed yeah. And then they measured the sneeze particles. Yeah. And at six feet, they sort of were at a density in the air that they said would had a very low incidence of being able to create an infection. Um, some people aerosolize their schnoz ex- exudate. Um, so <laughs> if you sneeze. They do? Yeah. I mean, some, don't Does you know some people have really thick mucus? I didn't know this. Some people, ex- you ever had somebody talk to you and then they spittle all over you? <laughs> so yes. what the MIT people are trying to say is you can't tell, you know, and someone in the outside is going to hock a loogie and it's going to get on you from 60 feet. So the, so the six foot rule really doesn't have scientific basis. No. I think what you should know is that if you're outside and you're not around other people, you're not going to have a very high risk of getting COVID. I wear my mask in the grocery store. I wear my mask in stores. But I don't wear it at the dog park. I'm sorry. The wind is blowing. Um, You know, nobody's coughing. The dogs are happy. Um, And, you know, I just don't wear it outside. Yeah. and I, you can always tell the Democrats at the dog park. Because? They're wearing their mask. <laughs> and I've done an independent survey. <laughs> All us Republicans, uh, we're <laughs> out there without masks. And then these young people walk up. Yeah. And they're wearing masks. And I said, did you vote for Biden? I said, sure. <laughs> you know, oh. it's the truth. All right. Clay in Raleigh-Durham area. How you doing, Clay? Hey. Clay is nowhere near his phone. How you yeah. doing, Clay? Hey, y'all. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can yeah, hear just you. talking your phone. Here's Turn off the, your radio. Hey, yeah. I would like to chime in on a couple things. Sure. Go ahead. Um, uh, Dr. Weefall, last about two or three weeks ago, you um, talked and touched on a couple things in regards to, you know, um, having to take prep when you do a colonoscopy. Yeah. Um, and I would just like to encourage people to. Do the Gatorade thing, but yeah. the Gatorade thing is so much better. And oh, yeah. I've done both. Have you done both? Regular liquid, it can be um, something that can be very interesting and, you know, maybe swampy water. But when you use Gatorade and, and you're talking to somebody who has done this seven or eight times. Yeah. Um, oh, you've and, had seven or eight colonoscopy? Well, 
I had, August of this year will be 11 years ago that I had major surgery. Okay. And, um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, it's what I had was the, uh, you separate your index finger and your thumb about like less than quarter of an inch out. Uh-huh. You can say that I was that close to having the infection, get my collar wall. Oh, wow. Um, so it led up to several things happening till the major surgery, um, but I would uh, basically, you know, say use the Gatorade because it is it is it is much better. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, it, was, it was your better for the for the person instead of you know having to yeah. you know have that taste like you shared. Was, was your GI like guy talking like, about in the getting the um, vaccination shot? Yeah, uh, I went through the VA and got both of mine. And, uh, you know, within three weeks and, uh, I had no problem except for, I'm, I'm not going to complain about a, a sore shoulder. Yeah. I mean, that only lasted for, you know, maybe two, two and a half days. Yeah. Um, but it's well worth it getting a shot. Yeah. Um, and I'm very thankful to the Lord for that because, you know, it just, you know, there's all this skepticism, but you're hearing it through, you know, certain people. And I, I just want to give thanks to the Lord for both of you guys, because, you know, y'all bring out the positive and everything, and you're given a, um, a an enlightenment of what needs to be done for people to make themselves better in this world because it's a lot better. Well, I when appreciate you hear negativity. That. You don't get to hear much positivity about it. And well, you know, accentuate so the positive. For me, know. it's just a wonderful blessing. Um, so. It's like I've always shared with people, and I will continue to do it until the Lord takes me home. Um, take care of what the Lord gave you in your body, because it, when you don't, you'll hear a knock, yeah. and you'll wonder what's going on. So Amen. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you, and I just felt led to share those couple things with you guys. And Just thank you all for doing what you're doing, and thank you for doing your job. Well, listen, I have a question for you. Can You got time? Yes, sir. Okay, so when you did the Gatorade prep, which I endorse, yeah. did your gastroenterologist object to it? Did he say um, he or she say not to do that prep? Well, no, I don't think there was much of an objection. Um, you know, the VA. The first time I had my, uh, I, I had my first one through the VA, um, and they sent this go lightly thing. Oh, I hate that stuff. Yeah, and I was meaning to chime in about it, but I mean, uh, what was going on? I was not able to do it. It was miserable. <laughs> miserable. You shared about the thing about the go lightly because you know um, you're right. I won't say it's swampy, but it doesn't give you that flavor <laughs> taste that you uh, like to have. Uh, for with the Gatorade, when my, the regular doctor um, that did the colonoscopies for me, I don't know if you know Doctor Stephen Solick, but. That man has been doing a wonderful, God-given job that he has for yeah. many, many, many years. And he shared that with me, and he had no problem yeah. um, as for the, anybody else that was involved. But he was the one that mainly did the ones that I had. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for it. Well, I, I, let me tell you, I had, I've had three colonoscopies. Um, the first one was with Go Lightly, yeah. and I just about wanted to scream. Yeah. I mean, it was terrible. Well, that stuff was terrible. So I, I, just, I heard about this from a patient. It's, it's, I, I didn't know. A blessing for me, and I just yeah. want to say thank you to you guys, and God yeah. bless y'all for doing uh, what you're doing. Thank you. Clay, thank you very much. I, Appreciate I, it. I really think that the Go Lightly Prep is terrible. It's, it's, no one should do it. Yeah. And especially if you're elderly and weak. 
I mean, it just takes the life out of you. Really? Yeah. You, you've had a colonoscopy. I right? don't want to know the specifics of why the biggest it thing, takes the life out of you. Could you drink partially flavored seawater? Is it just bad tasting? Oh, my God. You haven't had a colonoscopy? No, I haven't. I know, I, you? I know. I know. Yeah. It's anyway, on the list of things. If you're, well, you need to get one, and then the Gatorade prep is the way to go. Okay. Okay. I, all right. I, I'm a little concerned. You need to get a colonoscopy. Oh, my gosh. I, I, all you callers, call in and tell Dave he needs to get a colonoscopy. We're going to get it traded out. In the radio business, when you run commercials for somebody, and then you get something free from the client, yeah, it's all above board. The FCC knows about it. Yeah. That's called trading out. We're going to trade it out. We're going to find somebody who does colonoscopies, and we're going to have them sponsor it. Is that, Here on the show, that's real. This, you can do that. You can do that on the radio. Sometimes, oh my gosh. sometimes there's a commercial on the radio, and you know it's the general manager's getting free gas from from the <laughs> gas company. If you hear a colonoscopy company, a col- what's the what's the specialist? Gastroenterology. If we get a gastroenterologist running commercials, you know that they've traded out my colonoscopy. That maybe is coming up on the show. I do know that there's a lot of good stuff, including a special term for a really bad diet. That's up next on Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio, which you can listen to. On Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. We just had a fellow tell us about how we are so positive. Yeah. And uplifting and positive. Yeah, we're positive. And now we're talking about you ought to be ashamed. Well, but see, that's a positive thing, too. Because when we talk about shame, we talk about things that um, could be positive but are negative. Okay. Okay, so you know the big study that said smokers get COVID less often? Yes, I heard about well it was sponsored by big tobacco so (sighs) this is the same thing that happened in the 60s when everybody said meat and fat are bad for you because it leads to strokes and heart attacks etc sponsored by the sugar industry Mm -hmm. and so i think that we need to find out with all these studies that come out with these declarations that this is the world. Right. Who sponsored them? That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. There have been some commercials on the radio here for advanced body scan of Raleigh. And a caller earlier talked about something called life scan. Yeah. These are sort of... They're different yeah, than okay, going to so, the doctor and getting a prescription to go to the lab. Right. And so you see things on TV where a doctor says, take this you know, supplement. Yeah. And he's getting money from the supplement. And there's no evidence that the supplement helps you. These are different. Um, I think LifeScan is a great thing. Um, it's relatively inexpensive. Right. And I've had several lives saved by LifeScan. How is that? Um, people are going along in life and, you know, they don't know and they get an EKG from LifeScan and it shows they've had a massive heart attack before. And yes, they come to see me and yes, they've had a heart attack and they didn't know it. It was silent. Mm -hmm. Um, 
what is life scan? Life scan will take your EK. We talked about this earlier. You take your EKG, do an ultrasound of your heart to see how strong it is. Right. They put the ultrasounds on your neck, see if your carotid arteries to your brain are blocked. I had one lady that had a 99% blockage. And the the mini stroke symptoms that she had, she thought were normal for people her age. You right. know? So she's, you know, having some numbness here and there. Anyway, so we saved her lot li- well, saved her life and saved her brain by getting her fixed up. So these things aren't harmful to you. Um, if you're negative, however, it doesn't mean that you're golden and you're gonna be good for the rest of your life. Now what is life what is um advanced body scan do two major things and i'm sure when we get the the guys from from this company on the show which i really want they'll talk about some other things they can do right but they'll look at you for early signs of lung cancer and even now medicare will pay for what's called a lung cancer cat scan and it's a low energy low radiation radiologic scan and x-ray that's tell you if you have an early nodule that could be lung cancer. It's fantastic. Because if you get that tiny nodule taken out, then your chance of living longer is much better than if it's metastasized, obviously. So if you're a smoker, you should get a uh, lung scan from this company. And I think it's a great thing. The other thing they do is they look for calcium in the coronary arteries. Now, mm-hmm. I've been, I did that 30 years ago. We had a company that did that. And we were criticized um, because they said, oh, it's just going to create more work for you, more heart caths and more stents. That's not true. I think the best person to get one of these scans is a young asymptomatic person, for example, with a high cholesterol or a family history of coronary disease, a smoker, high blood pressure, because it's correlated to age. So if you're 85, the amount of calcium in your arteries is going to be higher per age um, adjustment. If you're 35 and you've got calcium in your coronary arteries... Calcium is a long-term thing if you've got a cholesterol blockage because your body tries to fight the cholesterol with um, immune-mediated cleanup, and calcium will form and from that um, fight against your plaque, and it's a tag. It says you've got cholesterol plaques in your arteries, and I'm going to tell you, you show these things to people where their arteries are calcified. It is one of the best incentives that I've seen yeah. to change your life, yeah. to start exercising, which really helps, to get your cholesterol under control by taking a statin, which really helps, right. to fix your sugar, to fix your blood pressure. So I, I can't wait to talk to these guys because okay. it's a great company and a great thing they do. And her doctor, the woman who was on the air just a little while ago, oh yeah, her doctor refused to look at the life scan thing. And that's a shame. She, he, she said... He wouldn't even look at the paper. Right. That's and a shame. that's wrong. And, well, I think that there were some fly-by-night companies um, who pretended to do these things. And they didn't do a very good job. Okay. So they would just glance at it. And they wouldn't make – you can make a picture now of these things. And that's what LifeScan does. When And it's great. Yeah. yeah. That's a good company. Um, and, you know, I don't know of any more fly-by-nighters – um, I have been asked to produce my own company. I'm too busy. Yeah. Um, but I, I can, I can, and they're not, listen, they're not paying for this. I want everybody to know. Yeah, it's no, not no, like no. big tobacco paying for the, um, 
studies that show you should smoke and prevent COVID. No, I'm doing this on my own. Right. Um, and the same thing with advanced body scans. If you hear the commercial for advanced body scans, that goes to WPTF. Yeah. Um, not, not me personally. It's not right. in my pocket. Okay. There is an acronym that has been developed that has to do with lousy eating, and it's called crap. Crap. You eat crap. There's there's crap and there's crap. Calorie-rich <laughs> processed food. C-R-A-P-F. Yeah. The F might be silent. Yeah. That should be silent on the radio. Now, are we... Are we... Are we did, did I eat that diet for years? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh-huh. Calorie-rich. Yeah. And processed food. Yeah. And it's all bad for me? Yeah, because most of the processed foods have sugar and have flour. Right. Um, Calorie-rich, oh my gosh. You know, like like a pastry. I mean, every yeah. now yeah. and then, enjoy a pastry. But if you're having pastries every day, if you're having, you know, a, once a week, yeah. I have a Dunkin' Donut, glaze, oh. two of them. Two glazed Dunkin' Donuts dipped in coffee. That, I think, you have to give yourself some joy. Now, let me tell you, inflammation is the bad thing. Inflammation Uh causes heart attacks. Inflammation leads to dementia. That's when your immune system is in overdrive and it's producing chemicals that break your body down. Okay, so I had... Very high levels of inflammation. There's something called the crap protein, CRP, <laughs> C-reactive protein. I just yeah. realized. Yeah. And when your CRP is high, your body's full of crap. Mine was eight, which is very high. And yeah. this is when I just discovered I had a, okay. a cholesterol plaque. Yeah. Okay. So I started taking turmeric and ginger and started exercising, started taking my uh, specialized, um, um, what's it called, fish oil. And it's now undetectable. And you got it down. You you dealt it's undetectable. with it. Dealt with and it. And it works. All right, good. We're going to take more phone calls. Telephone number is 919-860-9783. Call us right now. You can listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or right here or at hearthealthradio.com. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is the Heart Health Radio Network, where the local telephone number is 919-860-9783. Arnold Schwarzenegger says he's losing weight, and he kind of describes... The no-no diet. He's totally the no-no diet. What's he doing? So he stay, He said bread. Okay. Yeah. So what is bread? Bread, white bread in particular, is made of white flour, which is highly refined. They right. get rid of all the good stuff, the husk, which has got the um, fiber in it, and it's basically a chain of sugar, um, sugar molecules, miles long, and it's broken down into simple sugar, and that's what creates fat. Right. It, it, it fat is storage of sugar so that when you're starving uh, or you're on a diet, yeah. it'll produce enough sugar to run your brain. Yeah. So now there's some idiot saying, oh, he shouldn't have done that. He should have just done calorie restriction. Well, when you do calorie restriction, what happens? You eat less stuff. Sure. And so your body, when it's absent calories, yeah. it's the same thing as being absent simple sugars. It's just 
not as much, and you'll lose weight that way. But I endorse what he did because we endorse it all the way around. It's not just weight loss. Mm-hmm. When you have a lot of simple carbohydrates floating in your body, it produces inflammation. And if you look at all the studies, the number one associated thing with early death is high levels of inflammation. So Arnold, yeah, He's, he did the good thing. He did a good thing. He did the good thing. He lost weight and he t- told everybody that he was going low bread, d- low bread, low which white is, bread. He didn't say keto. Nope. And he didn't say no-no diet. No. But keto is very similar to the no-no diet. Yeah, no, in, there's a big difference. In what's that? Keto, it's high fat. Okay? Oh, really? I'm not saying just eat fat. I'm saying don't eat these other things. Um, I'm not into producing ketosis in and of itself. So what is that? That's a state where you have these little things called ketone bodies running through your bloodstream. It makes you less hungry. Okay. Um, it'll stop your seizures. And that's how it was developed. Right. Okay. It was a high fat. I mean, you're talking about ladles of cream really? and lard and stuff like that, plus meat. So what I'm saying is greens and meat are what you should eat. Yeah. Okay. So broccoli, cauliflower. I mean, uh, cauliflower is not white and not green. Uh, have a steak. Have a if you're really against red meat, go ahead and have a chicken breast. Um, and you know yeah. if you're going to have a little fat, don't worry about it. But you know keep, the keto diet is a great diet. You There's will a, lose weight and you'll be healthy. There were a handful of studies this week about the keto diet and no no diet. Heart and, failure. And and heart failure. Yeah. Now, I didn't have what they you call don't have heart, failure. heart failure. You might have had diastolic dysfunction, which is sure. means your heart was strong but couldn't relax. Right. Because of that. So that's maybe why your feet swell. But when you talk about, I mean, I can't, HF little r e f versus HF um, little p e f. Now, it's getting complicated. Yeah. But- the most common form of heart failure is when your heart's weak. Your heart muscle doesn't pump. Uh-huh. And so they studied the keto diet in these individuals, and they got better. They had really? less heart failure. So the study may have been complicated. They had lower salt intake. They had lower caloric intake. Yeah. But it seems that the, the state of ketosis creates a chemical that may help the heart pumps stronger. Right. And so they're now looking at this chemical in and of itself to make heart failure better. Now, so, I, I got a neighbor. It's called beta-hydroxybutyrate, in case you wanted to know. Okay. I got a neighbor who is testing. He's urinating onto a strip. He's like he's texting. Looking for ketones. Is that what it is? Yeah. Is he on the ketone diet? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the ways that you know that your um, ketone diet is is working yeah. is that you produce ketones. Ha, da, da. So the ketogenic diet means that you're in ketosis. That means you've got these ketone bodies that are being the energy source for your brain instead of glucose right. or sugar. Right. And you pee them out. And okay. so if you're on the ketogenic diet, one way to know that you're in the zone, you know, you're in the keto zone, is that you test strip your urine and it turns purple it means and i can remember when you know i was doing this ketogenic diet i lost 25 pounds in a month really okay it works yeah if you if if you cheat on it once okay yeah you get out of ketosis you'll still lose weight from low carbs but it won't be as dramatic 
Okay. But um, no, that's what we used to do. We used to run around peeing on a little, you know, it's a test strip. And oh, I got out of ketosis. And then they look and they say, did you have that Snickers? You're oh, cheated. well, I didn't want to tell you. You know, but no, that's what he's doing. And if he gets into ketosis and stays in ketosis, um, he'll have more energy. Yeah. Uh, he will lose weight quickly. Yes. He needs to drink a lot of water, though. Okay. Yeah, because he'll get dehydrated. The ketosis can make you diuresis. In fact, if you're on the ketogenic diet, that first 10 pounds yeah. is water weight. It is. Oh, yeah. So you've got, if you're going to do the keto diet, uh, you got to drink a lot of fluids. It's funny. They tell me that about every diet. Yeah, that first that first uh, weight loss, that's yeah. just water. Well, uh, yeah, you know. I use a lot of fentramine, a lot of topiramate, and a lot of uh, trulicity. What are these? Um, the fentramine makes you not hungry, uh-huh. but it also makes you not thirsty. Okay. And then the topiramate, that's a seizure drug. They had, they had to stop using it on kids because they were losing too much weight. Why? Because they weren't hungry. And then insulin resistance. So that's what diabetes type 2 is. But if you're obese, even without type 2 diabetes, you've got some level of insulin resistance. So the fetamine is a gentle stimulant, makes you not hungry. That needs to be supervised by a physician because it can cause rapid heartbeats and high blood pressure and insomnia. But anyway, I'm averaging 10, 15 pounds a month on these patients. And the one thing, and I don't use them on heart failure. I don't use them on unstable patients with coronary disease, people who have angina, because it can make it worse. But I'm losing, not my patients are losing and losing a lot of weight. I can tell it's not you. We're talking about them. I wear, people look at me and they say, Dr. Weefeld, you've lost weight. Yeah. Nope. No, nope. I'm 195 not... pounds. Do you yeah. think I would be that much? Oh, I don't know. It's called loose scrubs. Loose scrubs? Yeah. I get XL scrubs, and they're baggy around my body, <laughs> and I look skinny that okay. way. Okay. I've got a system that goes on. For the last 10 years, people have said to me, anybody who didn't see me in the last you know, week or two, they say, Dave, you losing weight? What it is is people people remember me fatter than I am. How fat were you? I was 297 pounds. You're kidding me. 297. Let Hot, me just no tell way. you. Yeah. Let How me much just you tell you. You're about 180, 190? No, no, no. I'm I'm 245 now. Oh, come on. You don't look that heavy. But here's the thing. If I walk out of this room, Dr. Weefold is going to say to himself, that guy's got to be 280. He's got to be 290. No, I, I thought you were he's down. A, he's a big fella. Uh-uh, I, I thought come you were back down close in to and he says, hey, you lose weight? <laughs> it's just re- people it's remember me fat. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Listen, in radio, there are a lot of shift people, people who are working shift work. Oh, it's terrible. Working late at night yeah. or mornings. I worked mornings forever. What time did you get up? I got up at 3.30. And what time did you go to bed? I don't think I ever went to bed. You know, noon, one, two. What yeah. do you mean? I, I, would, I would go to bed at noon or one o'clock and then, and then wake up at six or seven. Okay. And then I would, you know. Oh, you took naps. You took a, I took a, naps. So you would go 3 a.m. Yeah. And then you worked, what, till 9? Uh, 10 a.m.? No, they'd make oh, me they work till 11, 11 or so. So then you yeah. took a nap. 
Yeah. And then you tried to, because you wanted to be with your family. In the I evening. had to take a nap. Yeah. I was tired. And then you went to bed at 11 o'clock and sure. woke up at three. Terrible yeah. for you. Really? Oh, my God, yes. There's something about uh, Yeah, about so let me. Heart disease. When I was a resident, I went crazy. I mean, you know, I have, I'm a little crazy to begin with, but I would work 36 hours straight. Ugh. Okay. Go home, sleep eight hours. Okay. Yeah. And then work 12 hours straight, go home, sleep another eight hours. It's killing me. Mm-hmm. Making me crazy because yeah. sleep, I mean, why do you think God put us in the bed for eight hours at night? Because you have to recharge your batteries. You've got to take those chemicals in your brain that that built up all day because your brain is just an amazing, yeah. you know, f- a factory of chemical production to, you know, run your your brain activity. If you're not getting that sleep and it's a continuous eight hours because you're cycling through um, different periods of sleep. And that most important thing to recharge is called stage three, stage four, 20 minutes, you're paralyzed, you're breathing through your nose, your brain shuts down, except for tiny little parts of your lizard brain, you know, the, the yeah. fundamentals that run your breathing and stuff. Yeah. If you don't do that and you don't cycle it, you never get rested. So then you're going to have adrenaline firing through your body to keep you awake. Yeah. You're going to you just be drinking coffee and coffee or really? energy drinks. And so if you're going to work that way, okay, I don't mind that you work from three to noon. Yeah. But you'd have to go to bed at six, seven o'clock at night and not take that nap. So you would have to go to get up at three and then finish at noon, yes. have your evening, quote unquote, okay. from noon until about seven o'clock at night and then go to bed. But just, what happens? You have no family life. Right? Because your kids don't get home from school until four. And then, you know, and so you're, they're getting ready to to have a good time in the evening and you're waving off to bed. Right. So, uh, no, that's terrible. There is an effect on the cardiac systems. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because, like I said, the way you're staying awake with sleep deprivation is through adrenaline and cortisol. Oh. That produces inflammation. It runs your heart, pounds your heart with adrenaline, and it's bad. So, you know, now they've wised up and they don't make the residents do this 36 hours straight. Good. They have night shift. But I'm telling you, a lot of people who do the night shifts, they try to stay awake during the day because they want to be with their friends. Right. If you're going to do night shift work, 11P to 7A, you got to make your life revolve around that and live a normal day. You got to go to bed at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, if you're going to do that. It's just hard to do. I can tell you that there have been so many people I know in radio who work the morning shift and who are sleep-deprived always. And that is really the cause of stupidity. Yeah, because Sometimes they, their mouths open up. Right. You, you turn on the radio and you say to yourself, did he really say that? And, and when you're sleep-deprived, you're crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, it's people who are bipolar and who are sleep deprived yeah. are 10 times worse than yeah. people who are bipolar on their meds, both on their meds, who get regular sleep. Okay. You have to get your brain chemistry back in order. And the only way to do that is through deep sleep. And the only way you have that is if you have eight hours of continuous sleep. Not a nap? Naps help. Oh, okay. But they don't do the trick. Okay. They don't. 
Telephone number here, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. People have a tendency to call in the last couple of minutes of the radio show, and then we have to squeeze them on, and we have yeah. to shorten your answers, and let's not do that. Let's call now. Um, there are some articles that we have not touched on, including this one. If you take these no, we talked about that. We talked about these that. These two supplements, your stroke risk must be high. Vitamin D and calcium. Oh, come It's okay on. to take vitamin D well, and Well, I mean, you know, you can have vitamin D toxicity if you take too much. Yeah. But don't worry. If you've been taking vitamin D supplements and taking calcium and your doctor's measured your levels and they're okay, you're not at risk for more stroke. You're All right. Not. We'll talk about eggs and your diet coming up on the Heart Health Radio Network. You know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout. Come on now, don't forget to say you Get will. better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation just by listening to Heart Health Radio. Who we shout now? Well, I want to shout out Dr. Pavlo Natrebko. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's an AFib. Uh, a blader. He's an electrophysiologist. He has a lot more than that. He has pacemakers and all this other stuff. But he's been proven right. And I'm going to shout him out. The, the atrial fibrillation thing has always been a question of do you start medicines first um, and blood thinners and then amiodarone, which is an anti-AFib thing. There's a really and, powerful medicine. And AFib is atrial electro- fibrillation, electrical yeah. problem. Electrical problem. See, I always we've talked about it so much, but if you're a new listener, it's when the top part of the heart goes into a continuous muscle spasm. So the electricity is not flowing right. in a nice organized pattern. And when you have that, you, your heart can get weak. Mm-hmm. Short of breath, palpitations, dizziness, but worst thing of all is that the blood doesn't flow appropriately. Little clots form and break off and go to your brain. So they used to give, what well, we still do, give medicines to slow it down. Yeah. Uh, medicines to try to correct it. And then the big thing we used to do is cardioversion. Okay, so you've yeah. all seen that. That's on Gray's Anatomy where they hook you up the jumper cables, those big pads, and then oh, and is your that body what that flies is? up. Yeah. That's cardioversion? Cardioversion. Okay. And it, what that does is clear out all the electricity, and then if you're on the right things, the normal rhythm comes back. Yeah. Well, what developed over the last 10, 15 years is actually going into your heart through a vein or an artery. And then finding out where the AFib is, yeah. and it's around the veins that bring blood back to the heart from the lungs, yeah. and you just zap them, either by freezing them or melting them with, or zapping them with uh, electrical um, pulses. So the question was, do we do that first, or do you wait? I mean, do you go through medicines and then cardiovernum, and if that doesn't work, then you go to an ablation? It's better to have the ablation first. Okay. There's a lower risk of, of it coming back. There's a lower risk of, of heart failure in the future and a lower risk of stroke. So I'm going to say this. He was right. Uh, I would have this argument with him. Uh, not a bad argument. It was like a friend's argument. Sure. And, you know, because I'm more of a now, I am anyway, of a, a clinician, a medicine adjustment, all this other stuff. But if you have AFib, even if it's paroxysmal, 
which means it only happens every now and then. Talk to your doctor. Uh, he or she um, should have read in the New England Journal of Medicine a yep. very, very landmark study. And I won't go into all the details, but they studied a bunch of people who just got medicines and maybe a car diversion versus those who went to an ablation. And the people who had the ablation did better, less heart failure, less stroke, and felt better. Okay. So it's new, and I, I, it's a new thing, and you should talk to your doctor about it. I, I didn't get my uh, New England Journal of Medicine this month. Well, that's what you had me it's, for. It's um, That's what you had me for. I'll get the New England Journal, and then I'll tell you the latest and greatest stuff in a way that hopefully you can understand. It is, it is possible the kid threw it underneath the porch again. Uh, no, threw it on no. the roof. Threw it or maybe on the in roof. the fire. That's where it is. Yeah, or maybe, maybe your dog got it and All shoot right. it up, you know. All right. There is something ab- about eggs. I love eggs. People are saying that I should only have one egg a day. Uh, I is- mean, I just can't stand this stuff. You want to have two eggs a day? Fine, have two eggs a day. Egg is an egg is good for you. Okay, it's got all this protein. Um, yeah. Remember, you want to know something? When I took my boards, yes. You know what the questions was? I don't know. How many milligrams of cholesterol in an egg? Because we had this thing where yeah. you could only eat a certain number of milligrams. Of, I even forget what it was. The answer is two hundred forty milligrams. And it, but you know, then you ask yourself: the yeah. small or jumbo? But no, I mean, it, 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 like I said, the egg is not what's bad for you, okay? It's the maple syrup on your pancakes. Yeah, yeah. And I, like I remember stuff. we said, if you're going to have an Egg McMuffin, yeah. eat the bacon, yeah. eat the cheese, eat the egg, that's, throw away the muffin. That's messy in the car. Throw away the muffin. Yeah. Uh, and don't listen to these people. Okay. There was even, I remember a really interesting study in when I, New England Journal of Medicine. It was yeah. a case report. Yeah. Amazing. A guy ate 12 eggs a day and has clean arteries. That's the whole point. His genetics plays a big part. Sure. He wasn't a smoker. Eggs are not going to give you heart disease. And I hate these studies because they're so ridiculous. Cholesterol exists in food. It also exists in my veins. Most of your cholesterol is made by you. That's what I'm in your liver. That's, that's why to. statins work well. Statins yeah. have nothing to do with preventing cholesterol from getting in from your gut into your bloodstream. It prevents the liver from producing right. the cholesterol. Not all of it. I mean, because you have to have cholesterol. Cholesterol is not just is not a poison. It is a fundamental part of your body. It it, it creates some of the stiffness in the membranes of each individual cell. Without cholesterol, yeah. life itself would be impossible. Okay. But it's when the cholesterol is damaged by inflammation that it can get into your uh, arteries and worm their way in. So the statins, they are called HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors. That of course There's an enzyme. Are. Yes. That is the fundamental step in producing cholesterol in your liver, and it blocks that. Yeah. So then your cholesterol levels go way down. That has nothing to do with your dietary intake. And it, when doctors say, I'm not going to start a statin, I'm going to give him three months of dietary regulation, that not work. You cannot control your cholesterol through dietary regulation, especially if you have something called familial hypercholesterolemia. It means you're missing half of your receptors for cholesterol to get rid of the cholesterol in your bloodstream. It doesn't matter what you eat. You're going to have a high cholesterol. That was me. 
Yeah. 178. And I took my statin in good doses, got it down to 130. That's not good enough. The LDL has to be below 70. So I started the injection of Repatha, which is a monoclonal antibody that blocks the receptor from being destroyed. Yeah. So the more receptors, the lower your cholesterol. My last LDL, guess what it was? Tell me. I've said it before. Zero. 11. 11, okay. I went from 178 uh-huh. with to no diet. Double digits. Down from 178 on a statin, on a Vesipa, which is the purified fish oil, and then on Repatha to 11. And that 25% blockage in my neck right. is now undetectable. Good for you. Undetectable. And I eat crap. Okay? <laughs> he eats poorly. Well, no, because I had a really good T-bone last night and good some asparagus. You. That's yeah, good. Greens and meat are what I ate. But this morning, yeah, two Pop-Tarts. Yeah, it's not. Strawberry frosting. I couldn't eat a Pop-Tart. I won't because of diabetes. Yeah. But there is much too much sugar in no, a Pop-Tart. No. Sugar you in the morning, no. sugar in the evening. And when you heat it, it's, it appears to have more sugar. Oh, it's tons of sugar. Yeah, all right. All right. All right but I've cut back to one and a half Coca-Colas a day. Yeah. Eight ounce, you know, the little bottles. Yeah. Because it's better when it, the bottle's cold. It okay. tastes better. All right. I want to shout somebody out. I want to shout out an entire health system. Yeah. And they can all take, you know, take a bow. some credit. UNC Health System. Yeah. Now, they're coordinated, and what I've done is I've got uh, specialists who are associated with that. Who's that? I've got – well, we talked uh, talked about the fact I can't remember who my endocrinologist yeah. is. Uh, but the point is they've got all my medicines put together. And I had an appointment, which was a wonderful appointment. They talked to me about some good things. And they adjusted some medicine. And when I left – they gave me a piece of paper yeah. that said, you met with so-and-so, and he told you not to take this anymore, yeah. and he wrote you a prescription for this. Yeah. This is a one-page thing. Yeah. And you know what? Ugh. That's now uh, a requirement. Well, they do it beautifully. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. And they let me know everything. As dumb as I am. Oh, come on. As as dim as I am about my health decision-making. Mm-hmm. It's so great that they give me this piece of paper. Yeah. And I'll tell it you what. It has all your medicines on it. It has when your next appointment yep. is. Yep, yep. You know, and then a lot of them will put add-ons on that where yeah. they'll get, you know, pre-printed, pre-canned stuff about your diet. Yeah. About what your medicines do, what is heart failure, right. um, resources to call. Right. So it can be a very good thing. It's called the, the um, patient instruction note or patient visit note. All right. This is Heart Health Radio. See you next week. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.